Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Wow! Nice! Yeah! What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. I'm your radio! Hello and welcome to the Nile or Nine podcast. It is episode 96 of the Nile or Nine podcast. It's myself, Nile or Nine, and uh, Andrea Cleary on the other line. Hello. How are you? How are you doing? Good. We're, we're using Zoom for the first time because we've uh, Skype is failing us again. Um, so we've ditched it. Yeah. We ditched Skype for, for now. Welcome um, we're, to we're, five months ago, us. Yeah, I know. Um, so what are we going to be talking about on this week's podcast, episode 96? We're going to be uh, reviewing the new album from Haim, which is called Women in Music Part 3. Um, we have songs from Soccer Mommy, Salt, Beyonce and Seamat. Uh, among the usual, are there reasons to be cheerful? We will find out this week. Um, but first, there's been a number of things that have been happening in the background of uh, music and entertainment in the last few weeks. Uh, the first one was last uh, Friday, was um, the announcement by Leo Bradker, the uh, Taoiseach, about uh, Irish uh, events and outdoor events and indoor events. We just missed this announcement for after our last podcast. Um so uh, surprisingly, on Friday last, um, Varadkar announced that Ireland has allowed gatherings up to 50 people indoors and 200 people outdoors from June 29th. That's next Monday, next Wednesday. Yeah, next Wednesday. Um, or Monday, it is Monday. Monday. Yeah, Monday. And then 100 people indoors and 500 people outdoors from July 20th. Um, so what that practically means is that, um, well, that all implies that yes, social distancing of of two meters or maybe slightly less, as it might be happening now, uh, is is a part of the deal. Um, but this is all taken people by a bit of surprise, to be honest, because I don't think anyone in 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 music or in works in venues or or festivals or anything like that was really thinking about doing anything at the moment, and whether they still can is up in the air at the moment. Right? It's yeah. very not clear what the deal is here. 
whether you can actually put on events um socially distant and all that thing all that kind of in, in embedded in it now we obviously have seen some of these kind of events happen elsewhere around the world but here it's uh you know well while things have got much better in terms of the coronavirus and the spread of it all but uh, once we reopen the country back up there's the worry that you know it there will be a second wave and then any t- any planned concerts will just have to cancel anyway so indoor or outdoor and then there's also some I saw some a report today that says that Irish people are uh, very hesitant to even uh, get go to uh, uh, gigs or pubs or anything like that. Like the pubs with food are opening next Monday. I don't know. It's weird. It's it just kind of came out of nowhere, really. And I, while I am looking into, for example, uh, doing Lumo in July in in a real capacity uh, separately, it's a whole other thing whether that's going to be viable, whether people will feel safe going to a gig um or having a dance uh i don't know it's a very strange thing at the moment and i think we're all still everything is still up in the air for us all and uh it's been it's very strange to see this unfold again and it almost like last week it almost felt like too oh last week it almost felt too much for um even people to be outside or to be in close proximity but it like in a very quick week the the idea of you know, going outside and being close to people seems to have dissipated it for a lot of people in Ireland. Um, and while we've seen the uh, masks being uh, now uh, say they have to be mandatory, mandatorily used on uh, public transport, uh, people really aren't wearing them still, as we discussed before. So it's a weird one. Um, how do you feel about this announcement? Mm. I am not going to any pubs next week um, and I won't be going to any indoor gatherings for the foreseeable, to be honest. I just, I don't know. It's, I feel like there has been such a kind of, there's been such mixed messaging from the government who are obviously looking to economically open the country back up and try to like put off the impending economic doom um I can't really blame them for that but I also can um because there's still you know shaming of people who are standing too close together and like it's I don't know where we stand I just I don't personally feel ready to risk going to a gig um especially not within the first few weeks um while these things haven't really been teased out yet and people who are running pubs and venues and restaurants and public spaces don't yet have the practice um, for enforcing social distancing and making sure that that kind of turnover of deep clean and, you know, just making sure that it's all above board. I'm just not, I'm not ready to put Mm. myself there yet. Um, And I am probably maybe in the majority, um, which is funny because when this first was kicking off, we were all kind of talking about, you know, what will our Independence Day look like? What will it look like when we're all allowed back out of our homes? And obviously it's been a much slower and much steadier process um, of getting back into normal, quote unquote, life. But I'm just not there yet. And I'll, like I'm also looking at like the upturning cases in, in the like globally. And I'm just still very, very scared. And I, I, unless, you know, 
I actually can't think of an artist (laughs) who I would risk going to in the next few weeks. Honestly, I'm just, I'm not, not quite there yet. Beyonce in (laughs) the button factory. I might go in a mask. But other than that, I don't. Well, I don't. Um, I don't the think the Statistics Office yeah. put together a report asking people, a survey asking people how comfortable they are. Seventeen hundred people were surveyed, and one fifth of the people said they are very uncomfortable going to a bar with two meters of social distancing, and just twenty seven percent said they are comfortable or very comfortable with doing that. And uh, when distancing is reduced to one meter, those or are very uncomfortable almost doubles to thirty nine point five percent, which is twenty one percent describing as comfortable or very comfortable. Um, and that's kind of across the board, even, even worse for anyone who, who did think about wanting to put on a festival this summer, uh, 8.8% of people said they would be comfortable or very comfortable attending a sporting event or concert with no social distancing at all. So I don't know. Um, it's, it's, it seems that I I can't really see things coming back to normal, normal at all. Um, and, and not that it necessarily should be, but, um, it is, there is that kind of like, yes, it's that trade-off that people are talking about at the moment is like, uh, for your sanity, can you go to a pub or go out somewhere and feel safe um, or can you not? Um, so it remains to be seen. I haven't really seen anything being announced since in, in, in the last week since that happened. So I guess that's one thing, but I know there's a couple of small initiatives that I've seen that will be uh, trying to do some sort of um, social distancing aware or like uh, restricted um, parties that will you know have that West part of guidelines or a dinner and a show for example is the idea um, so we will see how that uh, progresses mm. in the next month um, yep. the way that people are reacting and to this as if it almost is gone completely outdoors is um, you know it's 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 jarring almost for me I find it quite jarring to be thinking about oh look everyone's just like not wearing a mask yeah. or just not going not me I don't too. Know. it's very strange um what else has been going on this week uh there was a big uh gender disparity report on irish radio and uh what does that mean well um linda coogan of uh good seed pr put together a uh, using data from radio monitor which is a uh, an organization which tracks the airplay of different songs and artists across stations uh, nationwide and beyond um, and her findings, based on the facts of those airplay, reveal uh, a very uh, depressing picture, which is probably quite unsurprising. But I think the level of it maybe is uh, surprising. Um, almost every Irish national radio station, bar one, uh, plays less than 10% of Irish female artists in its top 20 most played of the past year. Mm-hmm. Between June 2019 and that's June the top 20 most played Irish, not most played overall either. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so say for example, FM 104 have featured no women Irish women in its top Irish 20. Um, Spin 103 Today FM feature one female act in its top 20. Sole is basically the only one of the only artists who gets who's been getting uh, Irish radio play or female who's getting Irish radio play. Um, 98 FM and 2 FM features two female acts in the top 20 Sole and Amy Roshi and Murphy and Sole uh, respectively uh, other one uh, country uh, other radio stations around the country like Beat 102 with one female act again it's Sole um, iRadio has three um, uh, Carlo FM is the only one that's close to uh, has 30% and then RT Radio 1 
uh, has 50% split ev- evenly in its top 20 of Irish hair play. Now, that is just one example of, you know, uh, what things are like for uh, female artists on Irish radio. But more specifically, I think it's worth mentioning this report also shows that, while yes, while Soleil and Amy are there, and they crop up a lot in across those stations compared to the male artists who are getting male Irish artists who are getting a lot of support. You're talking about like the numbers just don't stack up. Right. You've got the likes of Derm Kennedy, <coughs> Niall Horan, Gavin James, picture this wild youth all getting, say, so Derm Kennedy gets 38,000 plays and three and 303 million impacts on radio um, all the way down to wild youth out of them gets 20,000 plays and 1.6 million uh, impacts but then these two artists the two Irish female artists who are getting in that top 20 pale significantly significantly Soleil gets eight just over 8,000 plays compared to Wild Youth's 20,000 plays uh, resulting in an impact of 67.94 million uh, compared to Wild Youth's 1.61.28 so while those women might be in the top 20 of the Irish they're nowhere near played as much as Irish male artists. Um, so it's been, uh, you know, it's uh, eye opener is probably the wrong word because it's it's not really an eye opener, but it is, you know. Well, you've you've worked in radio, right? Were you were you surprised by this? Um, well, I see. I guess my experience in radio is I was very lucky because I was not given a playlist or not told what to play because I was late late show like 10 p.m on a thursday night it was not uh no one ever told me what to play or what not to play but the playlists that um dominate the radio daytime ones are the ones that give uh precedence for the likes of derm kennedy noel horn gavin james picture this and so on over the irish female artists and it is depressing that that conversation is coming back again it's depression it's depressing that there are people who are defending um, those stations playing uh, five to ten percent by saying, "Well, there's simp that I can't believe people are still using that argument of, oh, there's only well, obviously Irish female musicians, or there aren't that many of them, or they don't want to be played on radio. They're not going into music. We're still coming back to this with some people, which is uh, very depressing. I mean, all like uh, for that argument, all you have to do is point to Irish music playlists that are collated on Spotify. Um, our own podcast here, we we tend to f- feature a lot of um, Irish women artists, not for any kind of tokenistic reason, just because we like them. Uh, the Choice Prize has been pretty consistently um, good in terms of representing women uh, over the past few years. So it is like ra- radio just doesn't see. I mean, so being at home now and being at home with two other people who are now working from home, one of whom listens to the radio all day, it is genuinely staggering how often you hear Winona Ryder by Picture This and Someone Like You by um the Kings of Leon. Like, Kings of Leon, can we not just play anyone else instead of that song? It is staggering how often it's played. Um, And then the, the Irish artists that you do tend to hear are maybe the Cranberries. So... You know, beyond that, there's there doesn't seem to be any kind of. I know that there is guidelines from the B from the BAI in terms of how much Irish music you should be playing, but there's doesn't seem to be any guidance, um, or any clear guidance in terms of gender breakdown or 
and I I know we're dealing primarily with pop music here for daytime radio, so you're not going to get the likes of, geez, I don't know, like Maya Sophia or like, you know, kind of folk artists uh, played in the middle of the day. That's fine. But we have no shortage of radio friendly female pop artists in this country. And we haven't had a breakout in a long time. And our radio stations and, and the, the program directors, like it's, it is not necessarily just the fault of the DJs. Like the DJs more often than not have absolutely no say in what, what goes on in the playlist. It's the program directors and the music directors in in, in these um in these stations um that that can make that change. And hopefully we'll look at this report now and move forward in making that change. Um but it is a thoroughly like depressing um unsurprising but I suppose the I I was but when you see the numbers there in front of you and you see them in a pie chart it like you can't help but be like lads like we've been having so many conversations about women in music I'm sick to the fucking teeth of it I genuinely am I I, I wish that yeah, we could just talk too. about something I, else I find it like really I'm hard. so tired of it yeah I find it really hard to um you know work up the energy to you know debate or talk about this too much because it's just like i feel like it's been just been going on for so long and it's like so okay soleil is one of the only it's like they picked soleil as the totem for irish female acts and that's that's all they they left they forgot they left it at that um for a lot of them and, and we're talking about the big um irish radio stations who do kind of play the pop style of thing and then you know um like we understand like you've got the likes of like it's you said it's funny you said mentioned the cranberries there because you know last week this uh irish female 44 irish female artists 39 acts came together uh to a cover of the cranberries dreams to raise money for uh safe ireland uh the charity to help uh children and parents living in crisis and domestic uh, violence calls so we had so many different uh some of those like those two artists that we mentioned there Soleil and amy are in there along with the likes of Anya Cahill, uh, Emma Langford, who gets good plays on uh, RT Radio 1, uh, Elaine May, Fia Moon, like Leisha, those kind of acts, Loa as well, uh, Lyra. I'm sure some of them are getting plays, but they're not getting enough, like at all. Orla Gartland, another one, Ro, uh, Roshino, very fr- uh, radio friendly, Ruthann as well, uh, Grammy Award winning singer-songwriter, they're just not getting played to the same level. Of no, and it's it's a complete disservice to the listeners as well. It's it's completely dumbing down what our what our music industry is working so hard to do, which is to get acts on international stages. But how are they supposed to break out? How how are, like what why is it that people can listen to the radio for eight hours every day and not not be able to name more than five Irish acts. It's completely ridiculous. It's It, it just shows a, a complete lack of confidence in our own industry and uh, a lack of confidence in listeners uh, to be able to kind of digest and um, engage with new music. And it's, it's, it's so depressing. And there's so many other things that we should be talking about instead of talking about this stuff. But again and again and again, it, it, all, it comes back to lack of representation, 
lack of women from the top down um and this this goes beyond radio this is uh, this is everywhere and we're having and obviously we we can't say too much about this on this show but I- irish music is having a me too moment along with the irish comedy scene and um irish wrestling scene there may be others by the time this goes out um we obviously we we, we cannot for legal reasons say any more than that really except that it is happening and the women who are coming women and men who are coming forward have our full support um but there's it's just it just keeps coming back to this and it's it's so hard to to keep wanting to go forward and and supporting an, an industry that just doesn't want women in it and it's I'm just, I'm so tired of it I really am um and there's there's just so many more interesting conversations that we can be having about these women except that they are experiencing sexism experiencing sexism speaking as a woman is the least interesting thing that happens to me on a day-to-day basis like it's 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 so boring and repetitive and annoying and we don't like talking about it like we we like to be asked things that aren't about our experiences of sexism and yet this conversation still needs to be had and just yeah it it drives me up the wall sorry i'm ranting now no, but i'm just i'm angry that's perfectly acceptable <laughs> and, uh, i'm totally with you on the rant um yeah it's just like knocking on a door where no one is ever listening or no one is ever changing their behavior and they hide behind especially with the radio thing they hide behind the commerciality of it and then on a deeper level and like going back to the kind of things that Lowe was saying about you know black lives matter and and uh, her Instagram video from a few weeks back where you know it's everything is on a on a scale or a spectrum you know it's like the the experiences that uh, many women are sharing at the moment on Twitter uh, to do with entertainers and comedians and musicians uh, in Ireland from Ireland who are being protected by others in the industry um, who are have been turned a blind eye to or who are turning a blind eye to those experiences and those uh those accusations and those things that people are saying and not being be- believed or being belittled otherwise it's time it's always time for for that to go but it really is i think it's just the spectrum of all that stuff is it sits on that because it exists and it exists in various ways whether it's the smaller things that you're talking about where that you exist that you experience on a daily basis or the larger more harrowing things or the lack of opportunities on radio so it's all connected um i would say yeah it's all it's all one thing and it's uh it's really getting tiresome at this stage um so if you want to kind of change things like just engage with and like it's similar to uh, our our conversation when we were talking about how how to support and and engage with black artists it's like just well celebrate the wins also you know and if if you like women artists if you like black women artists you know tell them tell your friends tell people make make it obvious that listeners deserve better than the same five songs played over and over and over again um uh, it's it's just it's such it's such an annoying kind of mistrust in the listenership of ireland and it's um getting tired has any has any uh, radio station responded to that report or presume they haven't at this point um 
not that I have seen publicly. I've seen some DJs who have categorically stated that that is their own, that, it, you know, they don't represent the uh, the opinions of the people that they work for uh, come out in support of it. I've seen one or two come out against it and uh, claim that it is SJW nonsense, which is always fun. Um, but no, as as of our recording now, as far as I know, none of the none of the main radio stations have have come out just yet. But w- watch this space. I yeah. assume. I just hope that instead of being defensive, they actually just listen to the concerns or look at the data themselves and be like, "Well, that's clearly not, you know, it's not good yeah. enough. It just can't be good enough." Yeah, and it was a genuinely fantastic job on um on the the parts of yeah. the, the two women who who collated it like Brit, on your tour such, and such good Kugelborn, data Kugelborn. yeah so do check that yeah, out yeah um, you love to see it yeah the link is up on i don't know and uh, the gender disparity uh, report uh, you can find it in various different places uh gender disparity ire is the hashtag on twitter if you want to have a look at that um i see <coughs> wild youth um saying uh stream uh support and request in terms of radio for Irish uh, artists, uh, Irish female artists. So, uh, you know, it's uh, it's the mire again. Here we go. <laughs> so with that in mind, is there any reason to be cheerful this week? I have one slight reason to be cheerful. Go on then. I don't yeah, know if you on. do. Um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I cut my hair off and I'm slightly less warm. Oh, that's my reason yeah, to be well, cheerful. Well, that's good. That's something. You gotta, you gotta, <laughs> like, what did you just say? you got to take your wins. Um, so that's, I've that's a win. I've sheared myself. It, it, that's my it win. Is, it is very warm outside and that's, that's, mm. that's a win of sorts, um, even if it's irritating <laughs> you a bit. Um, so uh, with all the talk of statues being taken down and, and pulled down the last few weeks, uh, the residents of Tennessee... Uh, recently launched a petition calling on state officials to replace decade of rocks honoring racist uh, losers of our insurrection with big, beautiful statues honoring a true locals hero, Dolly Parton. Not only that, but a petition launched to, uh, in Minnesota to replace a Christopher Columbus statue uh, is uh, a group of citizens uh, suggest that Prince should be the one uh, who should be. He, there is no statue of Prince in his own hometown. Um, that's ridiculous and they and there's a petition there should be a statue of Prince in my hometown there should be a statue of Prince in every hometown <laughs> the petition said rather than glorify a man who wanted to extinguish black and na- native peoples we should honour members of our community whose leadership we find inspirational so uh, who better than Dolly Parton and Prince Rogers Nelson um, to do that so uh, I fully support that endeavour it's come up before about Dolly Parton and I, and I think it's time like she you know powerhouse of, of a human being and same with Prince so like you know more inspirational to many people than anything that uh, a lot of slave owners or anybody like that who's currently being protected in terms of statues is so yeah that's pretty yeah, much my only reason to be cheerful this week that I can think of yeah and you know like it's so like I can only really speak for Dublin but like Dublin's most beloved statues are of musicians, you know. I mean, with with the with the exception of maybe Yeats, like, but our our most beloved statues and our most kind of controversial statues as well. Well, the Oscar Wilde as well, but yeah, yes, but uh, I mean, like, yeah, like it's probably it's it's more of it's behooves a uh, progressive society to kind of big up artists and art rather than you know literal slave owners (laughs) so yeah probably a good idea 
Okay, well, that's uh, that's our uh, preamble and uh, news and reason to be cheerful over with for this week. So, uh, continuing the theme, we're going to be talking about an album from Haim, their third album. It's called Women in Music Part 3. And we'll play a little bit of a track from them called I Don't Want To. Don't Wanna with from Himes uh, third album Women in Music Part 3 their album is out uh, this week uh, that is Danielle Este and Alana Heim a quick background on anyone who doesn't know who Heim are they appeared in 2013 well their their debut album was released in 2013 after a couple of years of hype and buzz for, called Days Are Gone and what was the appeal of Heim in the early days certainly um they had this kind of easy listening classic FM pop rock thing that was just really smart, really easy to love. Uh, Fleetwood Mac meet Wilson Phillips. Um, fun, good time music. Um, really well constructed pop music with throwbacks to uh, old classic FM rock music. Then four years later, they released Something to Tell You. Kind of very similar in lots of ways. Um um, but maybe without the buzz and the hype. So um, they arrive at this third album. Here we are three years later again. Um, it is called Women in Music Part 3. Um, before I get to you, Andre, and ask you what you think of it, uh, I will say, generally speaking, from somebody who, who does enjoy the music of Haim, um, there's a lot of, a uh, bit more nuance going on here. Uh, it's a longer album. It's a more somber album. It's less... Uh, bright and uh, um, it's got more turns, twists and turns stylistically it's got more things going on um, it has a different kind of vibe than we're used to from home and I think I'd be interested to know if as someone who didn't previously enjoy the music of home how does this sit with you? Um Okay, so my thing with Haim has always been that I just find their ideas a little bit too sparse to grab me. The kind of that retro classic hits thing that you described there, um, it just never really did it for me. And it, it's kind of that mixed with them sounding maybe a little bit too polished for my liking. Um, having said that, I, I do think that there are tracks in this album that work for me. But unfortunately, there are more tracks that don't. Um, 
And I think one of my main problems is that I'm right, I'm right in saying that there's three vocalists in this band, right? All three of them sing at some stage. Uh, yeah, but mostly it it's Danielle. Um, mostly yeah. it's Danielle. But like when, when they're doing their harmonies and stuff, like they're yeah. all in there. But they, they, like all three of them tend to stay in like this kind of mid-range. Um, they don't really push themselves very far vocally, even though, I mean, I've I've seen them do like live covers and, you know, I've seen clips of them playing live. And they're fantastic singers, but I just never really hear much more than this kind of like mid-range um, thing that they that they kind of insist on keep doing. Um, and I, that does make it a little bit beige for me. Um, and it's, it's the same with their playing. I mean, their playing is, is impeccable. They're fantastic musicians, but they they still for me sound like they're they're they remain constrained by their love of the music from the past and they haven't really moved on from enjoying those Fleetwood Mac comparisons maybe a bit too much which I actually think are completely ridiculous to begin with um there just isn't enough range in their work for me to even consider a Fleetwood Mac comparison like they're they're far too samey for me but I mean there is on this album a move towards um a kind of more like you can definitely tell that this is a post father of the bride album oh um, i'm glad you got there because uh, i was gonna ask yeah <laughs> upon which um it was danielle heim yeah. featured it was danielle right and i mean i think those those moments where they kind of play around with that sound i i like a bit more um and I mean, particularly the opening track, Los Angeles, which is kind of a ska tinged ode to their home city. I'm not usually about ska, um, least of all when it is mixed with pop music. It tends to grate me, but the chorus melody works a lot for me. And I, I think it's produced very, very well. Um, and I think it's a, it's a good opener to the record. Some other songs that I like are uh, I Don't Wanna, All That Ever Mattered, Now I'm In It, um, and Hallelujah. Now I'm In It actually is this kind of mix of this like Taylor Swift vocal rhythm and then this kind of Charlie XCX soft buzzy jam thing. And then Hallelujah is le- legitimately, I would be shocked to find out that it wasn't a B-side from Father of the Bride. Um, and I think that those... Those are the tracks that kind of work well for me, but on on the I suppose women in music issue, um, I I'm generally disinterested in the brand of feminism that I think they are pushing here. Namely, there's a song called "The Steps," and on on that song, there's uh, some lyrics that are "I can't understand why you don't understand me." Every day I wake up, and make money for myself, and though we share a bed, you know that I don't need your help. And I mean, I'm like, okay, it's a, it's just a little bit independent women. Um, I think I, I don't know. I've just moved past the "I earn my own money" yeah. narrative in feminism I've definitely heard more nuanced takes in music since then um and I think they they hit the mark a little bit better on uh, the song man from the magazine which is a um a sort of a, a imagined uh interview with a male music journalist who is I don't just think kind that's of imagined them, oh, <laughs> oh yeah but I mean like the the kind of it, it it it's a back and forth in like how that 
has gone or would go. Um, and that works a little bit better in terms of the message, but the song doesn't work as well for me either. So there's, there's still a little bit more of a, a mismatch there. So like, I mean, for an album named Women in Music Part 3, I can't help but feel a little bit shortchanged in the kind of nuanced department. There aren't really any interesting statements on the topic to be found here beyond some kind of surface level white feminism, which is the kind of polished feminism that Taylor Swift has pretty much perfected and does better. Um, so I think like comparisons to Taylor Swift would be far more apt than comparisons to Fleetwood Mac. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It just, I, I still find the project both like unconvincing, I suppose. Um, and quite uninteresting um even though there there are moments where they kind of break out of that like retro sound in which I feel like it works like they do some vocal manipulation they introduce some synth there's a little bit of sax on it I like that I I, I think that works well with their with their sound if only to inject a little bit of life into it but other than that it's the melodies the lyrics I find it all quite surface level and they remain a bit too bland for my liking. Okay. I think they've definitely, um, I would agree that they've, first of all, they've broken away from the template of their first two records. Stylistically, there's some songs here that are quite surprising for them. There's another try, which is like Caribbean and reggae influences, which is surprising. Uh, there's the R&B LA funk of 3am. They've, never been too far away from like Americana or folk but there is that is fully on uh, point on leaning on you and then there's the bluesy pop of gasoline um and yeah sure I know Rostam is involved in some of this stuff in terms of production so it makes sense that it would sound a bit like a vampire weekend record here and there um because he's yeah. so essential to that band even when he's not there um yeah and it does kind of Yes, there's a lot of the kind of, uh, I'd say Wilson Phillips is probably the better comparison, even for, in terms of the throwback FM pop rock stuff that they're doing, um, which they've always done. But yeah, and I would also agree that I think the Women in Music Part 3 is more of a tongue-in-cheek title and based off, I don't know, even it's the album cover or it's not really about the the things being discussed in the lyrics. A lot of the songs seem to be about the same relationship, uh, a relationship in turmoil where somebody... Danielle or otherwise doesn't know where she stands, not knowing if the other person is there for you, while you're trying to assert yourself in it, all those kind of ideas. Uh, it's kind of it gets quite repetitive in there as well. And from what mm. I understand, I'm not sure if it's drawn from reality because I know that Danielle Heim does uh, go out with Ariel Reichstag, the producer of this record, and he had the last song, uh, "Summer Girl," is about himself when he was uh, diagnosed with cancer, and it's an old him, which funny enough reminds me of a Beck song. That one. True and true. It just sounds like a Beck song for me. Oh yeah. Um and yeah, there's some like like the Hallelujah song you mentioned that is about them, uh, the three sisters' telepathic connection. There's all that ever mattered, which is very much like that eighties like drum machine sound going through it. Um yeah, Man in the Magazine works quite well. Like Man in the Magazine, what do you say? Do you make that same faces in bed? That's obviously a reference to Estheim and her bass face that she has playing live. Um and yeah, but a lot of this is really not about that. It's about uh, trying to assert yourself or or find uh, where you are in a relationship. And it's, yeah, there's not a lot of 
independence uh, being shown here in terms of the relationship. Yeah, I mean, I th- I guess that's that's maybe what annoyed me. Like, I, I, I get that Women in Music Part 3 is a tongue-in-cheek title because the idea that anyone can release, that any woman should release something that is like a a statement on women in music um is ridiculous because women are in music whether you like it or not and they're creating music just the same way that men are and 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 that's fine but I guess when you call an album women in music and then proceed to like borrow one or two songs just write about relationships I'm like okay like that that is still saying something that's still like what whether you meant it tongue-in-cheek or not you've called this what you've called it and I just don't I, I just don't think that they played around enough with that being tongue in cheek, except to say that it it like it is a tongue in cheek album title. Like I don't I don't find proof of that in the lyrics. It's not it's not there in the text. You have to read it from them in interviews or in their PR or whatever it is. Um, like if if you came across this on your own, having no idea who the band are. I think you see a title like that and you would expect some nuance. Um, and I just, I just didn't find it here, which is really unfortunate because I, I was re- like, I'd, I'd read some, you know, four and five star reviews of this album before I went into it. And I was like, okay, this is the album that's going to turn me around. This is going to be like what um, Lana Del Rey's uh, Norman fucking Rockwell did for me. Like this might be the album that means I get it. And it just, it wasn't, um, unfortunately, um, but I don't know. Yeah. You, you, you can't win them all. No. And and I'm like very much in the minority, both in the like listening public and it would seem in critics as well, because this album has been completely lauded. Like it's been decorated, um, over the past week or so. And I mean, it comes out on Friday and there'll, there'll be more reaction to it. Uh, assuming I, I'm assuming that it'll be mostly positive, but I think I just, I just think they're not for me I think they're, and it's they, okay that they're not for me. You know, they might be getting a free pass in terms of lyrics here, uh, it seems because their music yeah. has changed and now it seems like, oh, they're not going to be stuck in a rut, um, for album three and maybe album four, whatever happens after this, because, it seems like they're going in a different direction now. So therefore, mm. there's the possibility that Haim can uh, can be have some longevity. But what has been like, like while well, that song, Man from the Magazine, talks about, you know, um, those kind of ideas, there's very little else here to suggest. It's classic songwriting in lots of ways. Like, you know, oh, I'm going to keep loving you. Um it's tough to get through. It's, the way it's vague it enough that it's just it's a self insert, and that's fine because a lot of pop music is that. But it it's it's also vague enough that I I I'm getting little to no connection with their lyrics, even though they're they're writing, like you said, like they're they're writing about very personal things. They're writing about depression. They're writing about having a partner who has cancer. Um, one song, um, I, I think it's on Hallelujah. One of them is writing about their struggle with type one diabetes. Like there's, there's personal topics in here, but I, I can't really find them. Um, and I, it's just, it's so, it's so kind of jarring against what excellent musicians they are that I, I really just struggle to find a, a way in with this band. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, I think uh, time will tell on this one for sure. I think you're probably uh, right in that the initial, a lot of the uh, strong positivity I've seen has come from US publications who've supported Heim. Um, mm. And I don't think it's a bad album. <coughs> I think it's just not, I don't know if their songs are, it's it's interesting for me to listen to this um, uh, having, liking the other record. And I like those records mostly on a like good pop surface level really you know like good pop songs i'm mm. not looking for anything anything deep in the lyrics i'm not really getting anything more here even though they're trying to i think there's some element of a uh, projection of this is their album where they're being real and while yeah. there is some of that and there is not some of that and it is looser and it's a bit messier than what they would normally do it isn't doesn't have the same impact in terms of lyrics that uh, other albums who have done this or other acts who have who've dug deep and done that yeah have yeah Um, i mean i think like like everything else they've done before it's absolutely fine but a five-star record it is not it is like are are, are we really putting this on the same level as lana del rey's norman fucking rockwell like uh, no i don't think we can like it like you can't you simply cannot um and some publications are doing that and i'm just like i I just, I don't, I don't see it. It's completely fine. It's grand. I will probably never listen to it again. Okay. Well, that is yeah. uh, Heim's album, Women in Music Part 3, out this week. Uh, other albums that are out this week include uh, Jessie Ware. Um, so I'd be interested to have a listen to that again. I've had a quick listen. Sounds like better than her other stuff. Uh, Arca has a new album out as well tomorrow. I think next week we're going to be talking about albums of the year so far. So yeah. we'll be doing that. So I'm not sure we'll be talking about those albums uh, otherwise. But um, yeah, that is Heim, uh, Women in Music Part 3. Here is a bit of a song called uh, Now I'm In It.
Okay, so before we continue, uh, the Other Voices Courage series is back uh, this week. Uh, James Vincent McMorrow and Maya Sophia played in Kilruddery House on Tuesday, and uh, Lancome played in Kilkenny Castle on Thursday. Um, the Courage stream has been one of those bright, shining lights, basically, in terms of a reason to be cheerful um, in the last uh, few months, taking... Um, the restrictions of uh, lockdown and the lack of uh, opportunities for artists and for crews and venues alike and turning it into a communal live experience online. So I actually chatted to Aoife Woodlock, the music uh, booker from Other Voices, about that whole experience, how they did it, how they did it in lockdown and why they did it as well. And uh, so here is Aoife Woodlock talking about Other Voices and Courage. I am very excited to be here. I'm very excited to be anywhere that is not my gaff. I'm gonna need a lot of courage actually because this is my first live stream. So thank you for being here. Hello from New Jersey, hi from Mozambique, Argentina, Spain, Texas, oh my god. Kalik Kelly says, me cat is dancing. Shout out to my ma watching in the kitchen. Hello to Brian Dobson. I think there's a number of elements and we're all very human elements where you're talking to artists, which I do every day of my work. You're in a pandemic, which nobody expected. Their livelihoods were gone. Their managers were, you know, trying to spin plates thinking, what are we going to do? Um, people were recording from home on iPhones and using the equipment that they had available to them during lockdown in their bedrooms and their kitchens. And we thought, how can we do this um, and give a gig? So it was health and safety first to see how we could put um, a skeleton crew into a room with a skeleton band um, and into a space that the public actually had no access to. So it was um, um, everybody's shoulder to the wheel. Philip talking to the departments and the health and safety department, the, the Department of Health. And um, we got it over the line and we kicked off with the synonymous music venue Whelan's who for the first time in 31 years locked their door. So I spoke to Dave Allen and he said, Jesus, please put something in. Um, so you vagabonds were the first to jump off the, the diving board and uh, on that very first night, we realized it was eight o'clock. It was streamed live. We weren't on a TV schedule. It was all very organic. Tourism Ireland took it. The embassies around the world took it. So people, people tuned in from everywhere. And we realized that there was a, I suppose, this grow to connect and to see um, Dermot and Brian chatting to each other and they had been in quarantine separately from their American tour. I mean, all these bands were touring and they just got a call. There's a pandemic, come home. Everybody has to make their way home. So um, 
I suppose people were being asked questions and dealing with stuff they, they've never had to do in their lives. None of us, none of us in the other voices world have had to think of this. And then we continued on with Rihanna Giddings and Lisa Hannigan, Denise Chyla, Lisa was joined by Loa, Colin Mokanumra, Glenn Hansard, Mango Mathman, Sirka Richardson, Quivin Aralik, and it was just twice a week, eight o'clock, put it out, and families were watching it. My friends in Australia and New York were watching it, and it was just this beautiful thing because the bands were together. People were playing together in a room, and they had been told that that couldn't happen. Well, I mean, it can't happen. The venues are closed, but we figured out a way to health and safety first, make it work. And, and we did. Uh, yeah. Crew quarantined. They, we, we were self-isolated. You know, temperatures taken 24 hours before, 12 hours before, unwell. There was a backup artist to shoot that night. It was a, 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 a lot. There's a you know, there's approximately 20 something people working on courage. Yeah. So when you, when you see that online, it's, it's, um, you know, you, you obviously know there's, um, you know, camera crew in there, but the, the, the back end of any production is so, as you know, from other voices in Dingle, there's so, there's so many people, um, on that kind of musical conveyor belt. Um, and it's been lovely. And I just think artists sang their heart out that they'd been in for two months. So they were, I certainly standing in that room with Lisa Hannigan on that particular performance. Um, when she sang Funeral Suit, it was just, I don't know. It was, it was phenomenal. Yeah. I almost have never heard her sing in that way before. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of it was to do with people just being so, um, I suppose, creatively just locked in as well. It's like the, 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 the when will I gig again, you know? Mm. Um, I think so we're yeah, in a strange time now, you know, you know, like your, the Courage is, uh, series is over now. Um, like restrictions are being lifted a little bit. So you're like, well what happens now for the next couple of months it's a strange kind of time where we still can't do quite a lot um and we certainly can't really do live music in the same way so i think it's it's kind of you know everybody wants to do something but we're still not allowed to do things in the same way so i don't know I wonder. Yeah. Um, yeah our health will always overrule anything and you know at the end of the day you've got people how can an insurance company, you know, insure a venue or a tour or an artist or an event? And it's, it's, it's very, um, you know, the, 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 the flip side of it every day is that you, you, you know that you're going to get your beep on your phone at 5, 5.30 every night from, from, you know, the chief medical officer saying how many cases and how many people are dead. And, and that's actually something that I won't forget in a hurry is that every single number was one somebody in Ireland who has lost their life to COVID. So it's very, I think, I just think we're, we're asked to go places emotionally that we've never, we've never had to go before. 
you know, and the children's school thing is just so difficult for little kids to absorb what's going on. But there is definitely a light at the end of the tunnel. I can, I've no uh, clear evidence of that, but I just feel that things will will get better. The audience won't go away. Yeah. The writers won't stop writing. The singers won't stop singing. Um, and I just think when we can, we will be back doing what we do. It's not Chile, it's not Chilala. It's not hot pill to swallow. Chile or Chilia, Chia, Chila, Dilla, that's not my name. Say my name. So that's uh, Chila, like Chai tea. Chilala. Not hot pill to swallow. Chile or Chilia, Chia, Chilla, Dilla, that's not my name. Right, thanks for songs of the week. Now uh, we're going to pick our first song of the week is from Beyonce, who had a song out called Black Parade last week. That was Beyonce with the Black Parade, a song that she released last week, uh, chiming in uh, on Juneteenth, um, uh, the uh, US commemoration, the day to celebrate the end of slavery. Uh, and um, so um, she released a track about uh, be her black heritage and her hometown and uh, her African roots. It is called Black Parade, as you heard there. And there's a lot going on here in terms of um, lyrically. Um, there's a lot of references to um, things that you would not know unless you are uh, overly familiar with um, the black culture and African culture she's talking about here. Um, first of all, um, what do you think of the song? I really like it. I'm always a big fan of when Beyonce is rapping or rap adjacent. Um, I think she's very much the latter here, but... Um, yeah, I, I I think it's great. I, I it it gives me that same kind of excitement um in terms of delving into the lyrics because this the song is all about the lyrics really. Um and it's that same kind of thing where you have to go and literally just go on genius and learn new words. Um because I as a white person I'm not familiar with most of the concepts that she's kind of discussing here and most of the um most of the turns of phrases and and even uh, to some extent like some of the jokes that she's making as well and it's uh that's that that's always a fun thing to do because it, it requires a little bit of work reminds me of listening to 
to pimp a butterfly for the first time when you're when you first learn who King Kunta is, for for instance. And um it's yeah, it's you know, it's it's Beyonce doing what she does best, which is uh picking her moments well and um using music as a force of so- solidarity and support and celebration of black communities. Um and she's also kind of um alongside this you know put her money where her mouth is like she's put up a um black business impact fund as part of her charity up on her website which is a a directory of black owned businesses that people can visit and support uh, she's also uh, obviously donated a lot of money and um has come out in full support of the uh, protests that are currently still happening in uh, in the United States uh, in the wake of the murder of George Floyd and and everything else. So she's she's just she's an she's an artist who is uh, she's a woman of few words um, in the kind of in the public eye, but when she does speak, um, I'm thinking about that that Instagram video that she put out um, in in support of the protesters, and then this this song as well. When she does speak, she's absolutely worth listening to. Um, and I think that this is this is a, a, an incredibly powerful uh, celebration of her understanding of her own place within her culture and um, a really nice way to commemorate uh, Juneteenth. Yeah, very good. Um, have you heard, there's a couple of other songs that uh, referenced uh, BLM and what's been going on in the US in the last few weeks. Um, most specifically in the last week, the Anson Pack song Lockdown. And then uh, hers, I Can't Breathe, which is uh, definitely uh, a beautiful song. And same again also with Leon Bridges and that song Sweeter we had a couple of weeks ago. Um, very much of the moment and uh, saying something worthwhile again. What I love about this is, yeah, like exactly like you said, it is dense with references and you have to really um, go in on the, the lyrics to really understand it all, which is great um, because it shows... That's literally my pastime. <laughs> it's my hobby. <laughs> well, here's an artist. Who- it's like somebody has like delivered a new paint by numbers set to me where I'm like, okay, here's my afternoon gone. I get to go and learn a lot of stuff. Okay. Now, so. Good. All right. Well, that is uh, Beyonce with uh, Black Parade. Our next song is from Salt on a similar tip uh, from their album Untitled uh, Black Is. This is a song called uh, Wildfires.
song from Salt called Wildfires from their album Untitled Black Is which uh, was released uh, last Friday. A a very interesting album, one that is again arriving at the very uh, right time in terms of talking about uh, black culture, black pride, um, black energy in response to recent events. Um, There you couldn't have even um, imagined i mean you could because it happens so often i guess but if you think about the idea of these things happening so often then it makes sense that there are song titles on that album like uh don't shoot go- don't shoot us down uh sorry ain't enough uh all that kind of stuff there is a, a lot of references in there don't shoot guns down um out the lies michael kiwanuka is on it what we don't really know about salt is who they exactly are we do know that they're a uk band um and Dean Hosea is a London-based musician who seems to be involved with it um, and has done production credits for Michael Kiwanuka, which is why it makes sense. Also Little Sims as well. Um, and there are other rumours that it's a singer called Cleo Soul and, and a Chicago-based rapper called Kid Sister, who people may remember from many years ago. But no one has actually confirmed anything either on that. But I will say this is one of the more interesting albums released last week. Definitely one to uh, spend some time with. It does have a lot to say. Um, and one, Why We Cry, We Die is another title uh, on the song. It is uh, It definitely is an album for the moment. And it's also a really good album and it's very brilliant. So I, I picked that song this week because it's kind. Of, it was my way in to the album. And I thought it'd be nice to just represent that here. I really like this song. It's my first time hearing this artist. Um was my listens that I've had this week and I'll definitely go and um check out more of the album is it the same vocalist throughout the no album? no it's uh okay well I think I mean none of them are really credited so it's hard to fully know um mm. but Michael Kimanuka... for me in in this song it's it's the voc the vocals that kind of grabbed me they're very sultry and smooth and Really, really lovely to listen to. Well, there was two albums yeah. last year called Five and Seven, uh, released uh, full like full lengths. Uh, so uh, there are actually three albums from this band. Uh, Salt S A U L T is how you say that. Okay, uh, our next choice is from Soccer Mommy, and it is a song called Indie Rockers.
Hey, that was Soccer Mommy with Indie Rockers. Andrea, you picked this this week. I didn't know it was out. So what is the crack with this song? Um, So this is part of Soccer Mommy's, a.k.a. Sophie Allison's um, project, kind of in in lockdown project called uh, Soccer Mommy and Friends, which is a series of bi-weekly singles where Allison and other artists... Um, interact with or remix or cover each other's music um, with the net profits going to Oxfam's COVID-19 relief fund and the national bailout. Um, And this is a part of her um, uh, collaboration with MGMT. So this is a cover um, of a song called Indie Rockers um, from MGMT's debut EP, Time to Pretend, uh, which is an EP I have completely forgotten about until this week. Um, And this was a song that I'd completely forgotten about so much so that when I heard it, I was like, oh, this is a great sound for Soccer Mommy. And then realized about halfway through, I was like, oh, I already know this song. This song is a cover. Nonetheless, um, a very interesting cover, a very cool take on, on the song. And there is also a a remix um, of which song did they remix? Um, I'll, I'll find out um, an, an MGMT uh, re- remix of one of her songs. Uh, I think it was Circle the Drain, um, which is also very, very good. Um, so, yeah, I just really like it. It's, you know, she's sticking with that kind of um, 90s tinged grunge, very heavy sounding guitar um slightly lazy hazy vocals um i think it's a really cool rendition of a song that i'd completely forgotten about and i enjoyed listening to it okay very good oh sorry i was yawning there <laughs> you caught, oh my you gosh caught me on words. it's so warm in here anyway it's so warm all right our final <laughs> song of the week is from cmat uh and his song is called rodney oh, why do you hate me why do you why do Matt with her second song called Rodney, which was released this week, uh, a song referencing Rodney Dangerfield and his uh, often, the comedian's often uh, spoken uh, phrase, uh, I get no respect. Um, C-Matt is one of the most interesting uh, artists to come out of Ireland the last couple of years. Um, 
definitely a bright personality a strong social media game um this song again is like uh, another kfc another day kfc uh, she calls herself a stealth style global pop star um she did a great show for for 909 on instagram uh where she came out with the nolans uh, as her team song and played some of these songs there's a bit of a country tinge to some of her music and a bit of a doo-wop throwback kind of buzz to this one uh rodney's about what, what happens when you admire uh someone you admire doesn't respect you the more desperate you are for their affection the less respect you get that's straight from uh kira mary alice thornton's uh mouth herself so uh, I presume you're a fan. I know you're a super fan at this point. Uh, I'm I'm <laughs> CMAT's no, number one fan. Um, yeah, if you were looking for some radio-friendly Irish female artists, look no further than CMAT. I have no idea why she's not being played in the radio. Another Day KFC is one of the catchiest songs I've ever heard. And this is a fantastic uh, follow-up single. Um, yet an- another song that I was familiar with from her YouTube days, if anyone was in doubt about me being a true <laughs> fan. Um, <laughs> no one was in and doubt. Yeah, re- no one was in doubt. Uh, yeah, no, re- really big fan of what she's done here with the production. Um, it's It's amazing again to to hear songs that you kind of know the are, are familiar with the bones of get get this kind of production nice big sax solo again very nice um and as well as that another brilliant video which she shot herself in lockdown um featuring her you know attempting to do some yoga with adrian flossing her teeth uh, writhing around on her stairs while I I think it it's her nan is trying yeah. to get up the stairs past her. It's like just she's an extremely funny artist, but that isn't to say that she's not a serious musician at the same time. Like she's a she's a brilliant brilliant songwriter and a brilliant musician. Excellent vocal work as we saw on the, on that um neither nine Instagram screen stream um just like completely well, it was a scream. It, it, it was a scream um just just belting out tunes like it was absolutely no bother to her um yeah i think i think she's a complete star like just you know long live cmat yeah very good okay that is it for songs of the week this week uh look forward to hearing more from cmat uh, down the line uh, any other business this week uh, i've been listening to the tiana taylor album um, oh yeah how's that going it's good it's really good actually i mean in stark contrast to last year's kanye produced uh, keep that same energy album uh, it is called the album it is the one that she intended to make uh, i think all the way through without any interference from anyone because apparently like some of those tracks on uh ktse were released uh without her full approval in terms of production and stuff like that so these are this album is a, a correction of course correction in a lot of ways for that uh, it is it has a lot to say and in doing so it actually is gives itself too much to too much weight to to translate it's got 23 songs on it it's got uh, the likes of uh, rick ross erica badu quavo uh, kilani missy elliott future uh, big sean lauren hill uh, on a spoken word bit as well uh, to a sample at the end 23 tracks is a lot to digest here there's some really good stuff here though as well um i think it's a very strong album and worth uh, one worth digging into uh, is that out tomorrow no it was today? out last week yeah. oh um, it's out last week yeah. oh okay so, uh, yeah, defi- I don't know why I haven't gone around to that yet definitely worth uh, digging into um, there's some uh, great tracks on it for sure uh, but because it's 23 tracks long it is quite a lot to take in it's 77 minutes in total 
So, um, yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> so that's the main thing I've been doing this week. What else? Uh, um, you go. Continuing with The Sopranos. Uh, have only watched about one, I think, in the last few. few I'm only, yeah, I've taken a little bit of a break from it. Um, I haven't really been watching TV much. Uh, what did I, Oh, I did watch uh, the David Copperfield film from Armando Iannucci. Uh, very good. oh is that good it is it's really good yeah yeah uh, it looked really sweet it looked really cute yeah it's like it's kind of um ditches a bit of the armando Iannucci kind of comedic styles for in favor of a bit more wackiness and but it's really well put together great cast in it um uh, it's uh dev patel plays the main character in it and there's um, I like him. Great, He's good. Yeah, great turns from Hugh Laurie in it as well. Tilda Swinton being Tilda Swinton as ever, um, and lots of great small bit parts as well in there from actors I don't know the names of, but uh, very much enjoyed that as well. A nice retelling of the story. One of the things that like it shouldn't be worth noting, but it it is because because it's an old story based off the Dickens book. Uh, a lot of the characters, you know, are not just white. They're uh, they're Asian, they're black, they're Indian, and it doesn't matter. And it's brilliant. And it's actually so refreshing watching it. You're just like, it does not matter. It's not a problem. Uh, Peter Capaldi's in it as well. I read David Copperfield. I read the Dickens. Uh, I, th- I I don't know whether it was like part of my degree or around that time. And I found it so boring. I hated it. <laughs> and so I'd be very interested to kind of see what it's like on screen because there is a lot of weight there's a lot of dead weight in that book come at me dickens people i don't care i'll fight you um so uh, yeah i've been really interested to kind of see that film as a kind of a, a, a retelling with a modern perspective and stand for a while now yeah it's very good i would recommend it i cool. would recommend the watch yeah um okay so for me this week's ghibli film was um uh, uh what is it called the one with the my neighbor Totoro, Totoro. which I hadn't seen Aww. and is very cute. My favorite part is when Totoro has a leaf on his head. I found that very nice and gentle, and it was like a hug. Um, so that was great. Um, I have Mubi now. Oh yeah, yeah, which yeah. Is and cool. Can, and can go on it. Yeah, I I I watched I rewatched the souvenir which I spoke about when it came out. I I'd gone to see it and I I think I spoke about it in one of our any other any other business end of podcast segments. And I remember saying that I had no idea whether it was good or not because I was just completely thrown by it because it is one of those films in which very little happens and I've discovered that I love those style I love that style of film but I like to know beforehand if it is that kind of film so um I rewatched it and it is a masterpiece um it's absolutely brilliant and again Richard Ayoade is in it for maybe five minutes and completely steals it like he's unbelievable his scene is like unbelievable in it so watch that um listening wise nothing that interesting listening to a lot of pavement and guided by voices but my big thing this week that I was very excited (laughs) to talk to you about is I have started properly watching Succession and I am so in. I'm in. It took maybe three episodes, four episodes maybe, 
And I'm like, oh my God, just, just give this to me all the time. Um, it's so good. Yeah. Like, and it's, I, 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 I just wasn't expecting it to be, I suppose, as funny as it is. Yeah. Like, it's genuinely hilarious. Like, um, okay, so my favorite characters are Tom and Greg, of which um, I'm told are quite a popular pairing. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that makes sense. Uh, do you know that the actor who plays Greg is six foot seven? No, I did not know that. He's a giant man. <laughs> and I was watching some interviews with him because I've developed quite a grawl for him. And I was watching some interviews with the actor who plays Greg. And he's literally the same person. He has the same mannerisms. Yeah. He's adorable and awkward and giant. <laughs> and I love him. I'm obsessed with him. Uh, Tom gives me hives. I am so stressed whenever he's literally doing anything. Yes. He could, he could, like, there could be a, a normal scene where there's three people talking and then Tom is, like, in the background and I'm like, oh, no, what's he going to do? What's he going to do? What's he going to do? Um, he makes me so stressed. But they're so brilliant um, in that. Like, they don't even have to say anything for you to get the, that uh, feeling of them. Yeah, yeah. And, like, and, you know, the, um, what's his name? Roman? Roman, yeah. Love him. Don't know. So I'm eight episodes in. Uh, the last episode I watched last night was the episode um, called Prague, which is the uh, bachelor party episode where they're in this like really grim club. And I was like, yeah. oh, yeah. Is that the one where uh, the oh, club so is grim. like this underground thing, but it's just so lame. You're just like, oh, yeah, wow. yeah, they have to go through this like tunnel. And then they're also like doing business deals while they're in there. And it's so stressful. Um so that was the last episode I watched and I'm I'm completely in now. Like I'm I'm we're gonna watch two episodes tonight. I'm watching it with my housemate and I'm, I'm like counting down the hours until I can watch it again. Um and it's so funny because I watched two episodes before and I was like, I don't think this is for me. Yeah, I think I a lot of people have had that and I've tried to introduce mm. to a couple of different people now. And uh, yeah. I think I'll have to follow up on that now to make sure. So if, if, if anyone is having that experience, just latch on to Greg, like follow Greg and you'll find your way into Because you're the essentially show, because our Greg obviously like the show. Like, you know nothing, completely. you know as much as he does. And he's just like, well, yeah. who are these people? <laughs> he's like the only semi-likable character. And I know like people will find him very annoying, maybe at the beginning, but I didn't. I love him. Um, so that's my big thing this week is that I'm finally into succession and life is good. <laughs> well, I'm delighted for you. That's a late reason to be yeah. cheerful for sure. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. So I'm delighted for you. You will enjoy that. Okay. Okay. Well, that's it from us this week. Uh, we'll be back with uh, albums of the year so far. Uh, a discussion about those. I'm still listening to a lot of albums and hoping to finalise that list in the next few days. Uh, and, but we will talk about that next week, I'm sure. Uh, our final track for this week is uh, our closing song. It was from Pow Pig, the Limerick uh, rock band who had a song out called Intellectual last week, uh, which is very good. And we're going to finish with that. So... All it remains for me to say is, because I didn't say it earlier, is patreon.com forward slash 909. Your support means more to us than it ever could in the past, and it ever does. Uh, it More and more important than it ever could be, uh, or ever thought possible, your support, your financial support. $5 a month keeps us... Uh, keeps us going essentially so do consider doing keeps that. the lights on yeah we do i do a playlist every week on patreon um, where you uh, get some new music and uh, be sharing some exclusive things this week i have an italo playlist i keep trying to 
uh, schedule to put out, but I keep adding new songs to it or different songs. And I'm like, I'm just going to have to finish it. I'm just going to have to put it out. But that's coming out soon. My favorite Italo songs on Patreon as well. I also did a mix for um, Keltronic, um, an all Irish mix, which is going to be going out on a live stream uh, next weekend. Um, and I'm actually really happy with it. It's 20 songs from all Irish artists and uh, all mixed. And uh, it'll be... I'll, so I'll be playing that uh, as part of the Keltronic Online Together Apart Festival. So that'll be good. Anything you'd like to plug? Oh, I have something to plug. Good. Please. Um, I was uh, very kindly invited back on to Juvenalia, which is my other favorite podcast apart from our podcast, um, to discuss. Uh, so Juvenalia is a podcast where you talk about the things that meant a lot to you as a child and uh kind of taking a mature critical eye to that thing now and its influence that you've had it's had on you I joined Alan and Sarah to discuss um the 1973 Robin Hood film oh um, my, one of my was, favorites oh yeah yeah well we we got into it <laughs> <laughs> I specifically remember yelling down zoom I'm not a furry but um so it, you, you can hear that full conversation on uh on Juvenalia they're available on Spotify iTunes yeah. wherever wherever you're listening yeah, to so us so tune into this. that to find out how sexually attracted Andrea was to Robin Hood <laughs> the Hint, <fox>. very <laughs> um and then on their patreon i also joined them for an episode about uh the moomins which is something that i Ooh. only got into as an adult um so if you're a patreon supporter um of theirs um i think that'll be out in the next little while so yeah go support juvenilia they're they're unofficial but now official friends of the friends of the podcast um, and they're the best okay that's great thank you so much andrea i'll talk to you next week and thank you everybody for listening uh here's pow pig Bye. with intellectual stay safe
Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.